Welcome to the Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we are quarantined because apparently my family has found the COVID. We're all doing fine, though. Anytime I bring this up, everyone's like, what can I do for you? And I'm like, am I dying? Did someone <laughs> not tell me that I'm dying? <laughs> I feel perfectly normal so far. Um but we figured we would go uh, with a quarantine edition today. So welcome to our houses. Come, have a seat, enjoy the company, and let's talk about the Bible. As I put on my smooth jazz radio voice. I'm like, what are we, are we podcasting now? What's going on? Also, disclaimer, <laughs> this is not permission for you to come to our houses. Please do not show up at my house. All right. So <laughs> in our last episode, we talked about the flood will she won't she did it happen did it not happen is there a middle ground so on and so forth we had some good comments on that conversation as well today we're gonna just fast forward to the end of the flood because as fun as it is to read about the second month on the 27th day of the month this happened followed by this and this you know just like journal entries of the movement of water we're gonna go ahead and kind of move towards the end of it so the flood begins to subside and noah lands on uh, a mountain now we've talked about mountains before on the jackson cloud kind of what they signify um or maybe i've talked about it more at 12 way greenwood but do you guys remember when we talked about mountains before like what they signify um, mountains have to do with homes for gods. Right. Yeah. So like our thinking, as we've talked about before, like here's earth, here's heaven, mountains meet like in the middle. So it's like, if you wanted to get up to see the stars of the heaven, the spiritual beings of heaven who lived up there, you had to start making your way to places where they could kind of like drop off and walk down more or less which sounds ridiculous to us but uh that's more of the way that they thought again it seemed to them that the gods would live up there because pesky humans couldn't get up there and bother them usually right because back then i mean people today die trying to mountain climb especially when they're going into freezing areas <laughs> so you usually think like if i'm going up there uh but they would live up in these remote places where they wouldn't bother us. They'd live up in the heavens. Even if you go to like Greek literature, right? You've got, uh, where's Zeus? He's on Mount, Mount Olympus. Mount Olympus, right? And that was, was that an actual mountain in Greece? Um, maybe, maybe not. I think I don't it was. believe so, no. We're all in front of computers, so I'm going to just, Mount Olympus is notable, notable in Greek mythology. Highest mountain in Greece. So, like, there's just, like, a small example. The highest mountain in Greece is where they would picture their greatest deities because they're up there in the highest spots that they can find. So, um, another element that often goes with these mountains where the gods live would be, um, would be gardens. Uh, and I feel like... I, re I remember watching a Mickey Mouse episode. I think he was 
pursuing some kind of Hindu thing. It's what so the new Mickey Mouse episodes, I don't know if you've ever seen them. A, they're short, B, they're hilarious. <laughs> and then C, they're also kind of cross-cultural. They jump into people's different cultures and turn them into episodes. This particular one they were going up to see holy men who were up on mountains and at the top of these mountains were unexpected gardens. So even in like contemporary Mickey Mouse cartoons, you see this idea like as you're going up to holy places or sacred dwellings up on mountains, they come across gardens. Casey? So wait, are you saying that Mickey Mouse has better theology than some other things that we think of as more scholarly resources? No, no. Because this was a Hindu episode, if I remember right. But I'm showing in modern thinking, even pictured in Mickey Mouse as it tries to go cross-cultural, they're thinking of gardens on mountains as sacred spaces, right? Which is an ancient way of thinking. So um, when, when Noah lands on a mountain, I think to some extent we can start thinking that route was that to some extent, we might wonder if the Garden of Eden was a mountain. Uh, have you guys ever heard that proposed at all anywhere? Um, that Garden of Eden was on a mountain? No. Uh, what did you say, Olivia? I heard Casey. I said, I think this is the first time I've heard that. Yeah, so in Ezekiel twenty-eight fourteen, verse 13 says, You were in Eden, the Garden of God. But then in 14, you were on the holy mountain of God, which if we're talking about the same place, then we're getting those overlapping themes of how gods were thought to be found both in mountains and gardens, or if you get like the the extra distance, you get both in the same story, you know? And so here you have Ezekiel talking about Eden, not just as a garden, but also as a mountain. Um, one of the ways in which you might see that pictured in... Uh, in the Garden of Eden is, do you guys remember, it's kind of an obscure note, but in Genesis 2 or 3, it talks about how all the rivers flowed out of Eden. Yeah. Tigris, the Euphrates, like all of these came out of Eden. What do you need in order for water to move out of one place? Higher land. Higher land, right? Yeah, so there's at least like the possibility right there is like how are rivers all coming out of eden mountains higher up it's where god lives it's a sacred dwelling space uh anyways noah lands on mount ararat and uh when we're thinking mountain we would probably be thinking okay so he's like in god's presence the world has been flooded and then we start getting these overtones of new eden because god starts giving him a lot of the statements that he said to Adam and Eve, um, we've got statements about all the animals again, right? In the beginning, we had God making all these animals. Now we have every beast, every creeping thing, every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. So it's like the restating of all these animals. Um, we also have uh, God reissues what they're supposed to be doing. He blesses them and says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Where have we heard that before? Eden. Eden, right? Yeah, they were told while they were in Eden that they, they were to do these things. So 
it's here on this place too that Noah builds an uh, an altar to God. Anyways, he takes some of the clean animals, he sacrifices them. But now he's kind of built this altar on the mountain to God, which also kind of gives us this feel of sacred space. Altars we find throughout Israel in the tabernacle, sacred spaces there. Uh, Also, when Noah, Noah, sorry, when Abraham goes to sacrifice his son, which God stops him from doing, he goes up on a mountain to do that, builds an altar up on a mountain. So you see like the sacred space idea playing out there. Uh, which may not feel like a huge deal to people, but if we want to understand the themes that Bibles are, the Bible is communicating, we have to like understand their spiritual geography of sorts. Um, Cause we'll continue to see this happen. God shows up to uh, Moses on Mount Sinai, right? Uh, God lives on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. Uh, so you continue to get these themes coming up. Uh, there is a um, there is a change in the order of the way things work in Noah's story, though. So we're redoing the world. We're redoing Eden. We're starting all over again. Does anybody remember what changes this time around? God gives them one. Um, I'm trying to think of a good word for it. One. I can't think of the word. We're allowed to eat meat now. There, that I get. Forget the word. Olivia got it. That's right. She do. So yeah, like in Garden of Eden, they were told like you can take from whatever trees you want and you can eat that. But we don't get this idea that they were going to go and eat meat. So like vegetarian and this utopia of everything getting together and not destroying each other, like that, they don't want Eden to be pictured in that way or it's not that way. Uh, So we kind of have like, everything's at peace with one another, which is what the Bible calls us into when everything's fixed, right? The lion will lie down with the lamb. Uh, The snake won't bite the child, but come Noah's time, animals are now afraid of us. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it, and from man. So uh, this is actually... um, Eden was a place where animals and humanity should have been at peace. And the coming Eden of resurrection life is the calling where, you know, the lion and the lamb lie down, like we return to this place of peace. Um, but right now, it's after Noah's time, where it's like, why are, why are deer afraid of you when you walk up to one in the forest and run away from you? Well, the Bible is like, well, it's because they've been, we've been granted the right now to eat them. Concession, that's the word I was looking for. God has made a concession. It is not within his will 
that we eat animals within the Bible story, um, but he has decided that that will not be held against us as sin and that we now are able to do it. Uh, you do see some people go the extra distance, though, like Daniel. Uh, in, in the beginning of the book of Daniel, he decides to be a vegetarian along with some other of the uh, Israelite prophets. Uh, and because they're all vegetarians, like they look so much better than all of the people who are eating meat. They look healthier and all that. And part of the reason I think the Bible is even addressing that with Daniel is to say, like, here's a guy who's trying to live up beyond the concession. Here's someone who wants to follow God so much that he's trying to return to the Edenic vision of who we are meant to be in the first place. Um, and that's hard for people like me who hate vegetables and people like Olivia who's betrayed us, who used to hate vegetables and now eats them. And people like Casey who's lost a lot of weight in the last year by eating vegetables but they're all more spiritual than me. So you can go to them with your questions since I eat too much meat. That's, that's not how it works. <laughs> how it works now. I mean, if that's how it works, Jamin, you would probably never become a pastor. If that's how it well, works. No, I live in divine concession. You guys, I'm allowed to, it's just, it's a concession. <laughs> Like you see these stories throughout the Bible where God concedes. Wait, what does like football game food and other, you know, theater food have to do with this? They're both meat. There are more definitions to concession, right? Now I need to concession. <laughs> concession, a preferential allowance or rate given by an organization. That's not what we're looking for, is it? Uh, ah, a thing that is granted especially in response to demands a thing conceded so it's been granted but it wasn't necessarily God's will that we be eating the animals uh, it's, it's the same thing like later with Moses Moses God's like, you're going to go and lead these people and speak on my behalf. And Moses is like, no, I'm not going to do that. And God's like, yes, you are. Moses is like, no, I'm not. God's like, yes, you are. Moses is like, uh-uh. And this goes on for a while until God's like, fine, your brother Aaron can do it. Like, that's a concession. Like, you would think that God would just be like, no, Moses, <laughs> you're going to do this. But instead, God concedes and grants something that shouldn't have been granted or didn't need to be granted. God does that sometimes, unfortunately, because we're not willing to live up to what he's called us to live up to. In this case, we've all had a taste of a burger. We'll never go back. And now, now we eat the animals. Um, but that's not to say that Just God a brisket brisket is better to, to, to do it for the burgers. Oh, okay. That's not to say that God doesn't care about the animals, though. Uh, I read that passage, and it just struck me pretty hard. Uh, you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it, and from man. So there's this um, 
you shall not eat flesh with its life that is its blood uh so there's this understanding that like if you're going to eat food or if you're going to eat other animals it should be treated in a humane non-disturbing kind of way there's at least some kind of like humane statement there um sandra richter has a great spot in her book uh stewards of eden where she's talking about the way that animals are treated today and uh especially across like the huge organizations you know that will just kind of kill throw them into the grinders alive and all these things just unconcerned with life because they just see death all day that's their job and they don't have any humane treatment of these animals uh even though this is saying like you're not going to eat meat that has blood in it i feel like there is a application that we could take from this like if eating if eating meat with blood in it was a way of like abusing animals in noah's time then i would say by all means us just like killing animals the ways that we do and i would just toss them into grinders and we care nothing about it and it's just senseless bloody death um that that is sin and that's us like putting our own spin of being guilty of of taking its blood in an unjust kind of way um and uh what was she talks about uh, some of the more like independent farms, like independent farms struggle because they're not owned by these huge organizations that can really like help them thrive. But these independent th farms, like they know the animals, they know them by name, they take care of them. They know that when they're going to have to kill them and use them as livestock or whatever, that this is no little deal. This has, not necessarily been their pet but like they've taken care of it this whole time uh whereas like more of the giant organizations like tyson and whatnot like these animals are purely treated as food some aren't going to even have the space to sit down for their i think maybe even their entire lives because they're all just like right next to each other for months on end they're all just stuck next to each other they're given enough hormonal type injections that they grow so big that they can't even stand up like these these are not this is not what god had in mind when he said you can eat animals he was not looking for the abuse of animals that's not ever how we were to take dominion over the earth that is us in our greed trying to find quick fixes for us to feast upon our own sins so anyways i think that's just something to say right here well like i'm i'm very confused by that last statement you said about you know require a reckoning yeah right? well in, in nine verse five yep for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. So this is, we are made in the image of God. When we get killed, when our blood is taken, like that's a huge deal. That's an attack upon God himself. So, and this again so, goes into my pacifistic route here. But yeah, continue. So is this like the curse of Canaan, but just lessened? So for example, how 
when we, we talked about the curse of Canaan a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Where like, you know, wasn't it so seventy time? What what was the curse of Canaan again? Remind me. Well, if anybody avenges you, I'll avenge them seven times, is what God told Canaan, to which his father Lamech is like, then I'll be avenged 70 times. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So is this just that one-to-one ratio then for everybody? Uh, so this is just a statement that man should not kill man. Um, well, right. But also, and for your life, blood, I will require a re- reckoning. From every beast, I will require it, and from man. So, like, yeah. if if a beast kills a man, then one-to-one will be required. Or if a man kills a man, one-to-one is required. Well, the statement that it's getting is that humanity, again, is given dominion over the earth there to rule over it and take care of the earth as God would. And nobody, you you can kill the animals, you can eat the animals, if you're doing it in a humane kind of way, which we do not do today, but you certainly uh, cannot kill each other and animals cannot kill you too. And if anyone's going to kill human beings, they are going to have judgment upon their lives for that because to kill the image of God is a direct attack upon God himself. Only God is the one who takes vengeance upon humanity. So, with that being said, it, it is it does feel like a statement back to Cain and Abel. Like back then, God didn't want people to kill, and right here, God's saying it again, "I don't want you to kill." And it falls on the heels of the animals because, like, I'm telling you, you can kill them, but you will not kill any humans. Verse six continued the conversation we were just having about humanity killing each other. Whoever no, sheds, the, yeah, well, I, I'll read it because. Everyone watching may not have seen it. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. So that's just to hit home the idea of, like, humanity is special to God. They're they're the top. They are God's own Salem, his own image. So So a quick question on that one, though, Mm -hmm. since we went there. Um, how does this relate to then the eye for an eye idea in the new, early New Testament? Well, eye for the eye, uh, Jesus debunked, right? Jesus right, said, but, but in this, yeah. they're saying, you know, blood for blood. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's where we have to live into some of our very earliest episodes on Jackson Cloud where we talk about how Jesus is how we need to understand the rest of the Bible because he is God in flesh. When we get to that area, we see Jesus saying, forgive people, uh, love people. It's not eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but instead love your enemies, you know, things like that. So, yes, here in this passage, we do get the understanding that um, uh, if you shed blood, you'll be killed yourself. Or even that, like, if you're going to live by blood, then people are going to continue to kill. It could be getting to that idea, right? It may not necessarily um, go another route. I don't know. But in the end, we let Jesus interpret the rest of the Bible for us. And so when Jesus points to ideologies like this and says that's actually not how it works in the kingdom of heaven, then we have to subject this passage to Jesus, not uh, subject Jesus to this passage. And I think when you do that, you continue to see... Um, 
though there's a lot of violence in the Bible, God, it makes God speak all the louder when he calls it out. What's the reason that David can't build a temple? He's a man of war. Yeah, what'd you say? I think you might be quoting it more. Uh, no, I just said he couldn't build it because he shed too much blood. Yeah, yeah, he's got too much blood on his hands. He's a man of war. And God's like, so you can't build it. Which surprises me. David was known as like a warrior. Like that's his that's his shtick, you know? Like <laughs> for God to look at that and be like, nah, you're not going to build my temple. You've got too much blood on your hands. Maybe well, even mean, going back to this passage, right? You how many how many people made in my image have you killed, David? I can't have you do this. So Well, here's the thing, his original call was to go and fight somebody on the battlefield. Well, was that his call or did he just do it? Well, okay, so he's facing a giant at least. So we are getting into another territory of it did seem like God was trying to get rid of the giants through holy war. So in some ways he was fighting a not human being, not something made in God's image in that particular case. Wait, so you really think, would, would you really say then that the Nephilim are not made in God's image? I'm because just if, thinking out because loud. Because if the Holy Ones are made in his image and we are made mm. in his image, yeah, that's two things it, combining that have been made in his image. Right, but it at least would... So that's a good question. One I don't think the Bible would specifically answer, but it's not an image that God created. It's not within his plan that the giants, the Nephilim, were created. They just... Uh, that was that was that was rebellion that created them, right? So there is to some extent a question as to do they carry the image because they are children of two different kinds of imagers, or did God not put that uh, quality upon their lives because He didn't technically create them? I have no idea on that one. It was just that was the next logical question that popped up. So it's sci-fi questions, right? Like people wonder, like if we make clones, do they have souls? You know, things like that. If we make clones, are they made in God's image, or did we make them uh, robots? You know, if robots become sentient enough, <laughs> or did we make them, even <laughs> though they look like the image of a human being? So right. We we enter into some sci-fi conversation out of that. All right. Uh, well, anything else on all of that? That was a lot. <laughs> that was kind of yeah. a few different topics yeah. there. And so I definitely shouldn't throw in a third topic, but because I'm just going to say it briefly, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, at the end here, at the end, God puts out a rainbow, you know, and says, now I'll never flood the earth again. Uh, which, uh, just for a second, want to point everyone over to one of Jackson Cloud's podcasts, which is called The Air Environment. Because a lot of people use this passage to be like, therefore global warming isn't real and couldn't flood us and hurt us and all that. Now, on The Air Environment, we recently went through a book that debunks a lot of the things that scientists um, have been talking about that have been blown out of proportion. So if you want to join us in that conversation, it's Michael Schellenberger's book, Apocalypse Never, 
where he does believe that yes, environmentalism is important and the environment is being hurt in many ways, but also calls attention to some of the things that Casey is often talking to me about, about how uh, some of these facts and whatnot get confused along the way um, and and that there's other kinds of components going on that mess with conversations on things like global warming and whatnot. Um, all that being said, th this passage says that God won't flood the earth again. Global warming is about us bringing floods upon the earth based on the way that we live. Uh, so if you want to go deeper into those conversations, we've talked about conversations like that a lot on the air environment. Go ahead and check out that podcast to kind of kind of see that for yourself. Uh, so with that being said, there's a lot of topics, a lot to digest in this one. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining us for the conversation. We'll catch up with another uh, quarantined video on Wednesday. Until then. Uh, Olivia will tell you what to do. Well, you can like, comment, or subscribe down below. Hit that little bell if you want notifications turned on. Or, to continue the conversation, you can join us on the Discord, which hopefully has a working little uh, link in the description. Oh, because I messed up posting the links? Thanks, Olivia. Thanks for calling attention to that. <laughs> I posted it fine. It was YouTube's fault. And you don't want to show up at Olivia's house. <laughs> Let me tell you. The neighbors are because, on it there. Oh, my gosh. So I got to tell this story. I, I dropped by. No, I was like two houses over from Olivia dropping off food. Some people were hungry and needed food. I'm doing my job. I leave food. And then I see Olivia lives like right next door. So like I run three houses down to her house and I sit on her porch and take a picture of myself on her porch because I used to do that to people because I thought it was funny and then send them a picture. Anyways, I do that. And then there's your neighbors <laughs> who just like, what are you doing, man? I was like, on it. I, I know what it looks like, <laughs> but this, this is just a, a joke between friends. They go to my church and, ah, oh, okay, all right, and him and his wife just get in the car, and then I walk three doors down back to my car, to which they, like, pull up behind me. I think they're about to, like, pin me in. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, if they're your friends, why'd you park over here? I, uh, I know what it looks like. <laughs> I was like, I'm their pastor. And for some reason, it's just like, oh, you're their pastor. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> is this just like an end all conversation? You can say that and just get out of anything. Anyways, Olivia apparently heard me on her porch. You heard me? I That's like, saw you. Because how? Your, your drapes were down. I can see through my curtains. Okay. Olivia has extra right. vision. That's what she's saying. I could see Reversible. The of a human on my porch. And Damon, <laughs> I was freaking out. Until I went to my other window that didn't have a curtain and saw you in your car. And I was like, oh, it's just Damon. 
why? Uh, well, yeah, well, now we all so, know. So Anyways. to explain, like, the old story, Jamin used to think it was really funny to drop by, like, people's houses that he knew when they weren't home and, like, take pictures of their porch, or in my case, even inside my house, <laughs> while <laughs> while people were not there at the time. Everyone yeah. watching this now thinks that Shaman is a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. It used to be funny, but the world changes quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it? 